Break it gently, Bruce. Uh, you know, Philip, it could be a lot worse. Um, you know, as we speak, um, we don't know which party controls the House or the Senate. Um, and regardless of which way that goes, that's a bit of a surprise. You know, in the last few weeks, a lot of polling and a lot of the in-house predictions from both parties have have uh, speculated about a Republican wave, not only seizing a majority in the House with five picking up five seats that are needed uh, or picking up the one seat needed to swing the Senate. But at this hour today, um, that hasn't yet happened. And in fact, in some of the highest profile races in the country where Republicans expected to do well, um, Democrats have prevailed. The most prominent probably is Pennsylvania. Bruce, Bruce is making all this up. This is fake news, but it's <laughs> fake good news. And uh, just when I was preparing to duck and cover, so come on, string it out. Tell me these wonderful fibs. <laughs> so, Pennsylvania, John Fetterman defeated Mehmet Oz. Uh, we talked about that race last week, and this was a real nail-biter, a huge huge Democratic turnout in early voting gave Fetterman a commanding lead. Um, New Hampshire, a state that Republicans were very hopeful of picking up a Senate seat in a traditionally conservative state, uh, Maggie Hassan, the Democratic senator, has prevailed there. There were House seats in Virginia uh, and in New York that, that Republicans had hoped to flip, had hoped to seize as Democrat, from Democrats. That didn't happen. What's just as interesting as that is that at least based on the early numbers that we're seeing, and there's still a lot, a lot of contention, but um, where Republicans did best, namely in Florida, where uh, two incumbent Democrats did lose their seats in the House and where Governor Ron DeSantis was elected, uh, re-elected over former Governor uh, Christ, a Democrat, uh, where Republicans did really well, was in a state that uh, involved very little intervention by former President Trump. In fact, Ron DeSantis uh, has been at odds with President Trump, who has made up a nickname, one of his nasty nicknames for the governor. Uh, and Republicans prevailed there with DeSantis at the head of the ticket and through gerrymandering of formerly Democratic districts, which DeSantis had, uh, had engineered. So if anyone in the Republican Party comes out ahead tonight at least based on what we're seeing thus far, it is DeSantis widely viewed as a rival for Republican leadership rather than Donald Trump. So far, Trump's candidates like Oz have, for the most part, fa uh, fared poorly. My, my, my beloved EP has just typed something on my screen, which I want to share with the Gladys and the Potties and indeed with the Bruce. Twitter is saying that Fox News hosts are very depressed starting to turn on Trump. Oh, <laughs> Kalu Kalei, well, oh, day. Well, they, look, what we, we do know out, out of this that there is, um, if, if things continue as they are going, 
A, if Republicans do manage to get their majority in the House, it will be a narrow majority rather than the 20, 25 seat majority they had predicted. It will be narrow, which will make it vulnerable. Um, if they swing the Senate, it will be by a single seat. And even and that now looks like it will be coming down to Georgia, where uh, current Senator Raphael Warnock, Reverend Warnock, the, the Democrat is up against, of course, Trump endorsed Herschel Walker. That's going to go to a runoff in early December because there's a libertarian in the race who's thrown it off. Um, in a special election, there's every reason to think that the Democratic ground game in Georgia, which got Warnock elected in the first place in that special election uh, two years ago, um, is going to come into play again. Um, you know, there are many, many consequences to what the unexpected good Democratic performance that we're seeing tonight. How do you how One, do you how do you account for it? Is it uh, a consequence of the Roe versus Wade reversal? Well, that's you know, it's very interesting looking at the exit polls. In the last couple of months, what we've been hearing is it's the economy, it's the economy, economy. Americans hate inflation, and Roe was a blip on the radar back in the summer. Um, this has turned out to not be the case. In exit polls all over the country, uh, including in red states, um, voters are saying that uh, abortion is one – abortion rights, reproductive rights are one of their top concerns. It is right up there with the economy and it has been a very powerful motivator. In particular, it seems to have motivated ticket splitting among moderate – suburban voters, some of whom um, may have supported um, Republican candidates. In Sorry, the past ticket votes. splitting? Ra yes, rather than voting straight Democratic or straight Republican, uh, you have the option in most, in all U.S. states, of picking and choosing, you know, which office you want to vote for. And so what we've seen in a number of states in the West, for example, in Colorado, is um, voters uh, motivated by abortion rights, among other things, supported the incumbent Democrat Senator Michael Bennett over his Trump-endorsed challenger, um, even while voting for Republicans in some other statewide offices. Uh, we've also seen, even in, in Kentucky, where there was, which is a red state, um, there's an, an abortion constitutional abortion ban, a referendum on the ballot. That appears headed for defeat even in, in a red state. So, you know, abortion has played a role. I think we will probably find that um, there's pushback here against um, the, the Trump-inspired uh, election deniers. Election deniers seem, while some, it looks like a couple hundred Republican election deniers or election questioners have been elected to, the, to office, um, around the country, nowhere near the numbers and especially not in the high-profile races. Arizona, for example... Forgive me for interrupting, but these election deniers don't really believe it, do they? Depends who, depends who they are. Uh, some, like J.D. Vance in Ohio, you, you kind of can't believe that anyone 
with a shred of his intelligence and articulation, whatever you think of his views, actually believes this stuff, especially since he started out as a never-Trump Republican and now is an election denier. Um, but then there are um, a number of local officials, people who've run for secretary of state in the various states, for example, run for local registrars of voters who seem – pretty securely in the in the kind of QAnon and election denier corner. It's still scary stuff out there. It's a little less scary than it was the other night. One of the other consequences of this, however, is going to be for Donald Trump, who has already been telegraphing that he plans to announce his campaign uh, for president on November 15th. Um, he was hoping to do so on the back of a sweeping set of victories by Republican candidates he'd endorse. That is not going to happen. And, uh, I mean, he'll announce it, but the wave is not behind him. Does, does this it, help DeSantis? Oh, it certainly helps DeSantis. If anyone can claim responsibility for Republican success... Uh, especially if Republicans do take the House, uh, despite Democrats having defeated a few incumbent Republicans around the country, too. If Republicans can take the House, it will be because of DeSantis, whose redistricting gave uh, two or three of the five seats necessary for uh, Republicans to, to seize controls. If anyone comes out of this ahead, it's DeSantis. And that, of course, is a profound ego wound to the former president currently residing in Mar-a-Lago. Um, it's going to be complicated. The other thing to keep in mind... I'm sorry, but my heart goes out to Donald Trump Jr. too. <laughs> well, he, you know, he's been predicting Democratic apocalypse and um, has been um, jeering Paul Pelosi. And, and, you know, the other reason your heart should go out to them is that to both generations of the Trump family is that now that election season it will be officially over, you can expect the Justice Department to begin moving much more aggressively in its investigations and particularly indictments. There is this sort of unwritten rule that the Justice Department is not going to in, indict um, a high-profile target within 60 days of, of an election. Uh, that's now done. And in fact, there's going to be a window, a sort of a window of um, political maneuvering room when if there is going to be uh, Trump indictments or Trump family indictments, they're much more likely in the next, let's say, three months than any time in the last two years. It's good to see the toxic Dr. Oz lose, isn't it? Well, you know, snake oil only goes so far. And I, I think a couple things were responsible for that. One is that Oz never really convinced anyone that he was from Pennsylvania, okay? He lives in New Jersey. He has houses all over the place. Um, Pennsylvania was a... As, as one address. does, Bruce, I mean. <laughs> well, if, if you want to come run for governor of Connecticut, Philip, you're welcome to do so, okay? Uh, look, this is... He never did convince people of that. Secondly, um, Pennsylvania voters were rejecting not just Oz, but the even more toxic Republican gubernatorial candidate, uh, Mastriano, who had spouted overtly anti-Semitic rhetoric in the course of the campaign. And they instead, voters coalesced around Joshua Shapiro, the Josh Shapiro, the Democratic uh, now governor-elect, and Fetterman. And it was a quite powerful uh, Democratic delivery 
in Pennsylvania. The numbers in the big cities, Philadelphia and you know, Pittsburgh, were overwhelming, but many suburbs, too, went strongly. Uh, Pennsylvania was a state where a lot of us thought there would be very, very close counting election challenges, and this was a decisive win for the entire Democratic ticket. So Joe lives to fight another day, and uh, the next... Well, maybe. I mean, Joe doesn't necessarily... You know, Joe is... He still may face a hostile Congress, okay? Uh, Joe still may face a Republican majority in the House or perhaps the Senate. His legislative agenda will be much harder to move forward. But um, compared with the midterm rejections of most incumbent presidents, he can claim a kind of moral victory here. He can claim, hey, people said I was unpopular. We did, we <laughs> way outperformed expectations. Um, we are ahead of where anyone thought we would be. I think it restores uh, Joe and, uh, frankly, Nancy Pelosi a little bit as um, national political leaders, despite questions about what happens next. And of course, uh, I guess both Obama and Clinton helped. Well, certainly in the last couple of weeks, um, they you saw both Obama and former President Clinton campaigning hard. Uh, and, and this, again, Clinton helping particularly with centrist Democrats, I think. Um, and Obama, who remains the great election closer, was barnstorming like crazy, um, passionately telling voters that democracy is on the ballot. And remember that Obama has huge appeal among uh, unaffiliated voters in the suburbs and that even districts that went for Trump in 2016 or 2020 had vote precincts had voted for Obama before so you know he remains the magnetic figure in the Democratic Party and I think this last couple of weeks showed that this remains true it certainly helped get on you get on you Bruce we're off to uh Kazakhstan now, but uh, thank you for making up those lovely fibs. You've cheered me up enormously. <laughs> LNL on RN. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.